Hi, my name's Tom, and I am so excited to be here this morning. Whether you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube or Church Online, I'm really glad that you chose to join us here as we dive into a new year. And it couldn't come at a better time, right? I mean, 2020, please leave and don't let the door hit you in the butt on the way out. We are so eager to get on. I've seen so many jokes and memes about what a horrible year 2020 was, and I agree with that. It kind of was. It was difficult for us as well. Uh, I don't want to bellyache about it. I know that you had your own pain that you went through in the last year, but let's just put it this way. Moving your entire family to another state during a pandemic is neither easy nor fun. It's fraught with all sorts of difficulties and barriers and hurdles. So, um, yes, I can joke about it. I get that. And I don't want to detract from that because humor helps us to be able to deal with difficult situations, even personal trauma that we may have gone through. So, yes, I will get the, the T-shirt with the dumpster fire on it that says 2020. I will. But I don't want to ignore the fact that for some people, this may have been the worst year ever. Like, seriously, their worst year ever. They went through things that they would have never imagined. And for some of us, I mean, we think it was just the pandemic, but there were other things going on in our lives that were compounded by the pandemic. It was truly an unprecedented, once-in-a-lifetime, kind of horrible thing that we lived through. So before we move on, I just want to take a second and acknowledge that. We're not going to have a pity party and wallow in it, but I, I do want to acknowledge that 2020 may have caused you some suffering, some pain, some turmoil. Maybe it was you were a student, and you were an A student before, but then virtual learning came along, and suddenly you're a C student, and then a D, and you can't figure out why, and it's so frustrating. Maybe you're the parent of one of those students, and you were trying to help as they figured out virtual learning, and you wrestled with, why am I not able to make an impact on my child? If you ever figure that out, let me know, because we're still wrestling with that. Maybe uh, you lived through turmoil in your family. Maybe you suffered illness. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you lost your house. I just heard about that happening to somebody the other day. Lost everything in a house fire. So I don't want to overlook the fact that this may have caused you some suffering. And so what I want to do is actually acknowledge that before we move on this morning. If you have suffered through turmoil or pain in 2020, just feel free to go ahead and type in yes in the comments, in the chat window, whatever platform you're on. Just go ahead and type yes. And if you're not in a position where you can do that, just go ahead and raise your hand, wherever you are. I'm raising mine. Because what I want to do is take that to God before we try to barge into 2021. All right? So let's pray about that. Father God, thank you so so much for meeting us here today. We ask that you would help us with the wounds that we carry from 2020. We just want to lay them at your feet and let you deal with them because we're tired of them. We ask that you would heal us and that you would give us peace because we need that so much, so desperately nowadays. We ask that you would help us to release the hurts of the past so that we can move forward with a future of hope. In your name, Jesus. Amen. So, yes, there's hope. There's always hope, right? Well, you think so, but hope is kind of like a funny thing. It's, it's kind of intangible. It's easier to figure out when you've lost hope or you've gained hope than try to figure it out in the middle. And, and if you're, say, like in the medical profession, you know this, right? You know of patients that have lost hope, have just given up hope. 
And it's really hard to help them with their treatment plan because they just don't want to anymore. And yet you've probably also seen some people that hold on to hope. Like, against all odds, they refuse to give up. And man, does that not make it possible for you to have some positive outcomes in their treatment? Likewise for us, hope can have a positive impact on our future, even when our future is out of our control, especially when our future is not within our control. And that's how a lot of us feel right now, is out of control. So God is in the hope business. He wants to give you hope, not only in this new year, but beyond. And he tells us that through his prophet, Jeremiah, in the Old Testament. He tells them to say this. He says, Jeremiah, tell my people this. For I know the plans I have for you, plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Other translations of this verse sometimes say it as um, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And anytime it's around New Year's and I hear that word prosper, it makes me think of this tradition that my dad made us do as a family growing up. Oh, it was not fun at all. But on New Year's Day, to ensure prosperity in the new year, we would have to eat beans and ham. I, I don't know if you had to suffer through anything like this growing up, but beans? Beans were like this age-old tradition that he had, he had gotten from his parents that somehow ensures prosperity in the new year. And I don't know about that. Uh, God bless you if you still do it. I tried to do it with my kids until we realized none of us like beans and ham. My favorite part was the cornbread that went along with it. All it ensured in my family was a lot of farting. That's it. And my wife told me not to say that, but there it is. Um, thankfully, God's plans for your prosperity are a lot better than that. He's got plans for your prosperity. Jeremiah's words to his people are particularly applicable to us nowadays because his people were suffering. They had actually been defeated by Babylon and carted off into captivity, and that's where they're living now, in exile in Babylon. Jeremiah is telling these people that God has plans for good and not for disaster. I mean, take a look at that. God has the audacity to say, I've got plans for your good and not disaster. And I'm sorry, but if you were one of the Jewish people who were hearing this from your own prophet and your own God had told you this, I have the feeling you would say, no, 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 (laughs) time out, time out. Do you not understand? We are living in a disaster. Babylon is a disaster zone if you are a Jew. I mean, we're supposed to be God's own people, his treasured possession, And yet we've been ripped out of our homeland, stripped of our national identity. It just can't get any worse than this, right? But wait, it can. Because Jeremiah says this right alongside saying, and by the way, God says, you're going to be here for a while. So get used to it. No, they did not want to hear that. They wanted immediate rescue. They wanted somebody to tell them, we are going to go back. We're going to build our temple. We're going to become a people again. But God says, no, no. Rescue will come eventually, but not swiftly. So you might want to just get used to it, where you are. In fact, he tells Jeremiah to tell his people, you know what, tell them, go ahead and marry and build houses and have kids. Go ahead and plant gardens. And in fact, seek the prosperity and the peace of the place where you are, because as they prosper, so will you. Now, they did not want to hear this at all. They were in the midst of great hardship and suffering. They thought they were going to be rescued immediately. 
that's what they really asked God for. But instead, God said, no, I can't promise you that you'll get out right now. But what I can promise you is that I can prosper you in the midst of your difficult situation. And that's our big idea for the day. If you want to take away nothing else but this, take this away. God has a plan to prosper you, yes, you, in the midst of your difficult situation. God has a plan to prosper you in the midst of the difficult situation that you're in. Because like it or not, you are probably in a difficult situation. I'm sorry to say that 2021 is probably starting up for you a lot like 2020 ended. I mean, even if you want to just focus on the pandemic, same virus or worse, same restrictions, same struggles uh, over hot-button issues like masks and vaccines that might put you at odds with others. If you're a student, you still have to go back to school. If you're a parent of that student, you still have to wrestle with it. Whether it is a difficult situation you're in with family or your job, you're probably still there. And so you need to hear what Jeremiah has to say. He may not rescue you immediately. There might not be an escape right now, but God can prosper you in the midst of your difficult situation. And you might say, well, really? What would that prosperity look like then, Tom? Because that doesn't sound like prosperity to me. Not at all. Now, remember, prosperity doesn't necessarily have to mean financial prosperity. That is one of the many types of blessings that God might pour out into your life. But it's just one. We can't guarantee financial prosperity, but we can guarantee that God can do something. If you allow him, God can do something on the inside that can help you to deal with life on the outside. God can do something on the inside that can help you deal with life on the outside. Now, one simple way to invite God to do this inside work all year long is to ask him for one word. One word for 2021 that can guide you in the, in the new year. Not two words, not ten words, not a sentence, not a New Year's resolution. Just one word. Ask him for one word that can be your guiding light all year long. Now, we've done this as a church in years past, but you don't have to know all about this in order to participate in this this year. You don't have to be a regular. You don't have to be a long-time attender. You don't have to have a pew with your name on it. Because guess what? We ain't got no pews. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be a super Christian. You don't have to get all cleaned up before trying this out. No, no, no. Just come to God as you are. That's what we do every day. Just present yourself and say, all right, I'm kind of messed up, but what is the one word you want me to focus on in 2021? And maybe you can help me with that. So that's the first part of your homework. What is the one word that God wants you to focus on in 2021? Go ahead and ask him that. Take like five minutes. It's better if you take like 10 or 15 because you don't want to rush this. You want to ask him and then you want to get quiet and you want to listen and then write it down. You can write it in your jar app or you can write it on your mirror. You can write it on a post-it note, stick it on your desk, stick it in your car, wherever you're going to see it the most because you're going to want to be reminded of this word time and time again as we go into the new year. Once you have your word, then... You want to go on to part two of your homework assignment. Yeah, it's homework, but you can handle this. And that's to find a Bible verse that goes along with it. Because one of the things we know is, kind of like New Year's resolutions, if you could have made this big change in your life, you would have already done so. (laughs) So what we need is God to do that in your life. Not by your own strength, not by your own power, 
but by God's Spirit. And we know that from another prophet who told us this. His name was Zechariah. And, and basically, Jeremiah and Zechariah are kind of connected. Because it turns out Jeremiah was right. Booyah, in your face, all you doubters. Jeremiah said, it's going to take a while, but then you're going to go home. And it did. And they all got to go home. And they were going to rebuild the temple in Israel. But God says, let me tell you how this is going to happen, because you're not going to be able to do this on your own. So he tells Zechariah, give this word to my people. And he says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. So what we're going to do is we're going to search God's word for help with our one word. And then we're going to ask God's spirit to do an inside work in us all year long. Now, you may already be thinking of a Bible verse because your one word was kind of embedded in that. And maybe that's how you thought of your one word is, hey, you know, I have this favorite Bible verse and I think God's wanting me to focus on that word. Great. Then you're already done. Go ahead and write that down. But for some of you, you might need help with this. Uh, you might need to look it up in a Bible. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, we'd be happy to send you one. Normally, when we're meeting in person, we have one out in the lobby. But if you let us know, we'll go ahead and mail you one, all right? There's also Bibles online. One of my favorite is um, BibleGateway.com, BibleGateway.com, uh, or an app on my phone. I have uh, version. You might want to do that, Y-O-U, version. Go to your app store and find that. That can help you to find a verse as well. So you might want to pray to God and say, what's a verse that can help me with this? You could Google it. You could look online. Or an awesome thing to do would be to take it to your small group. That's right. Go to your small group and say, hey, I think this is the one word that God wants me to focus on. What would be a Bible verse that would help me with that? And then see what they have to say. Because if they don't have any ideas, they can help you find one. And that would be an awesome way for you to be able to bounce that idea off your small group. And if you're not currently attending a small group, then this would be an awesome time to start. New year, new you, all that kind of stuff. Come on, go ahead and look it up on our website where we have lists of all kinds of groups that we have, different days of the week, different focus for different groups. Um, my group that um, my wife and I attend, it meets on Tuesday nights, and there's room for you if you want to join us. So your two-part homework then is go ahead and ask God for one word and then find a Bible verse that will help you with that. Now, here's my own personal experience with this because I figured I'm going to ask you guys to do this. I better do this myself. It may or may not help you. Um, if it doesn't, move on, do something else. But here's how this shook out for me this week. What I wanted to do was take the easy route because I have this word hope embedded in Jeremiah 29:11, and I was like, bingo, I'm done. Check the box, move on with my life. I've got things to do, God. But I was thinking, I don't know that that's your word for me, God. That's just an easy word. Now, it might be the word he wants you to focus on. If so, there you go. You're welcome. <laughs> Hope and Jeremiah 29:11. But for me, I figured I should actually do this thing, you know, practice what I'm preaching here, and sit down with God and ask him. And so I did. And I tried to be quiet. And this is one thing that came to mind. There is a verse in the Bible that um, troubles me. Uh, I trip over it every time. And uh, in the New Testament, the first three books of the New Testament are eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life, the things he said and did, and his disciples. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all recount this. Each of those authors recount this story of a legal expert, a religious leader, that was kind of challenging Jesus and asked him this question, trying to trick him. Stupid. You can't trick God. But he asked him, what's the greatest commandment? 
And here's what Jesus said. He said, you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and soul and strength. But then he added this on here. And the second of this is love your neighbor as yourself. That's where we get the part around here. You may have heard us say at the jar, um, we want you to practice loving God and loving others. We ourselves want to work on love God, love others. Love God, love people, however we say it. It, It's really what Jesus was talking about here. His disciples, they carried this forward and they talked with the churches about it all the time. We need to love God, we need to love people. But did you see the qualifier in what Jesus said about your neighbor? Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I don't know if Jesus meant to trip me up on that particular part, but it does. It bothers me. Because I can love my neighbor. I can love God. Yeah, I'm not perfect in that, but I work on that every day. But I really don't love myself. No, quite the opposite. More often than not, I kind of hate myself. I, I am really my worst critic. I can judge myself very harshly. Jesus, you don't want me to love neighbors the way I love myself because um, that would not be kind. Not be kind at all. So, put it this way. I am not a big fan of me. And therefore, I need to take this to God all year long. My one word is going to be love, which I hate because that sounds like a Hallmark card on Valentine's Day. But I think it's got to be love. And I ask God, well, what's, what's one verse that can help me with this then? I don't want that one about loving your neighbor. That, that bothers me. Give me something else I can go with. And, and I found this. John was a disciple of Jesus. And to the early churches, he's writing a letter. And he tells them this. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Now, now John is kind of famous for saying God is love. In fact, he has a sentence, just three words. God is love in the same letter. So I get that. But John says, because God is love, if you don't love, you don't know God. Ouch. I mean, come on. John, like, cut me some slack here. That's kind of rude. Um, Don't you know? Don't you know? I'm a pastor, buddy. Uh, I went to school to, like, get to know all about God. So surely I know God. Don't tell me I don't. To which I can imagine John would reply, well, apparently you don't know him that well, do you? So that's my, that's my verse. It's kind of in your face, but I figure what I need to do is ask God, help me to know you better this year. That's my word, love. That's my verse, 1 John 4, 8. And what I'm asking him to do, his spirit inside me, is to help me know him better so that his love for me becomes my love for me. I can't do that, but God can because he's a miracle worker. We know that. What's your one word going to be? Maybe you have a little bit of an idea now. Maybe you don't. Previous examples that I've heard before are things like trust or seek or maybe serve or give. Things like simplify or adapt or maybe even prune, which is, that's a dicey one because God might want to prune something out of your life or prune it back a bit. Whatever your one word is, please let us know. If you're comfortable with that, Go ahead and send that in to us at, um, at the church office. Uh, the, the email is really easy. It's office at thejar.org. Um, that's going to appear on your screen. Or you can Facebook message us. You can, however you want to get that to us, just let us know. And you might say, why would I want to do that, Tom? That's kind of personal, isn't it? I'm not sure I want to share that sort of information with you guys. No, no, no. This is good. 
It's so that we can be praying for you all year long. So that we can stand alongside you in prayer, lift you up in prayer, and ask God to do something amazing in you. And just think about it. What if we all did this? What if anybody who hears this went to God and said, okay, please give me one word to guide me into your prosperity in the new year because you can help me on the inside to deal with life on the outside. And then um, give me a verse from your word that can help me with this. And then I'm going to seek people praying for me, praying for me all year long so that God can do a work in me. Just think what could happen if we all do that. Now, last week, if you missed it, Pastor Chris talked about victories. That was kind of like the theme for the day. And if you missed it, you'll want to go back and take a look at that. Because what he said was, more than likely, God gave you some victories in 2020. Maybe you just need to rediscover them. Because more than likely, you experienced something that was a victory in your life. And he said, let's take a look at then 2021. What victories do you want God to give you in the new year? And then let's take that to God and ask that he do that in us. So just think, what, what if you did this one word thing? And you said, all right, give me a word, give me a verse. People be praying for me. It might allow God to work in you to make all those victories possible. And, and that would be something that everybody would want. So even if you're not so sure about this one word thing, I encourage you to try it. Because more than likely, you're going to want to experience victory in the new year. Let's go ahead and take that to God in prayer right now, all right? Maybe let's ask God together for that one word that you're looking for, that he wants you to embed in your heart. Father God, thank you so much for bringing us here to be able to experience this together, this one word thing that you are trying to do in our lives. Thank you for bringing us through the fire and placing us on solid ground because 2020 was rather painful. But we, we have hope for the new year because you do that in us. You are a miracle worker and thank you for that. Before we run headlong into 2021, we just want to pause for a second and ask you, God, please share with us that one word, that one word that is going to help us step into your prosperity, your victory in the new year. And then reveal to us something, something in your word that can help us, some gem in your Bible that can help us. Help us to pray for others as we do this. As a small group and for others, help us to be you to them and try to lift them up all year long. Thanks in advance for the many blessings that we're going to receive in 2021. We know that you've already gone before us and planted victories in our new year, just waiting to be discovered. Thank you, Jesus for being such a good God. We don't deserve you, but we're so grateful for you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Now, if you already have a relationship with Jesus, then you know you can talk with him about this anytime, day or night. You can bring him all of the pain you're going through, all the difficulties, 24-7. But if you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus, then maybe you want to do that today. Because that's one way he's going to be able to guide you. And you can, you can hear his voice and let him lead you when you have a relationship with him. So if that's something that you want to do today, then we have a very, very simple prayer here that we pray at the jar. I can step you through it, but it really needs to be your prayer. And the good thing here at the jar is you don't have to pray alone. Because we're all going to pray this with you. So feel free to join me. Wherever you are, just go ahead and say this out loud as you follow God's lead in this. Let's pray. Jesus, 
thank you for paying the price for me. Please forgive me and be the Lord of my life. Make me brand new because you died for me. I choose to live for you. Thank you for a new life. Now you have mine. In your name I pray. Amen.